Blog Talk Radio. It's very real, and but it's very real. And 
I didn't think this is, oh, by the way, um, I wanted to mention this is the first show of my new series, uh, which will be concentrating on um, it's sermons from the left, okay? Uh, that's basically what it is. Um, I've tried to emphasize my work for years and years, or 20 years now, uh, writing and uh, producing uh, radio and television and documentaries. And I've managed to, um, 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 with, a, with a great help of a great friend, um, uh, Rob Bergman, uh, were able was able to um, design this website, um, and uh, there's actually a video of Rob uh, and the design the original uh, uh, show I did with him about the uh, uh, designing the site for for me, and uh, it's been revised several times since then, and now it's it's really quite everything I I wanted it to be uh, years ago. I started this in uh, 2004, but the technology wasn't there yet to uh, create uh, WordPress. has been just a very wonderful um, uh, program to work with, you know, as a as a website uh, uh, developer and as a website uh, uh, user, you know. So my uh, uh, what I wanted to get to to, to uh, talk about tonight. And uh, in this series is some of my own lectures, or shouldn't say lectures, uh, some of my own essays, uh, but that are on the ver- but are, are uh, and recent. I found that I was exploding daily with uh, as a writer and artist, but my my anger was starting to uh, develop into a, a rage with 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 what I've kept seeing around the world, but uh, seeing with. Donald Trump in the um, in the United States uh, society uh, turning so racist, uh, it's becoming insane. I mean, and people are killing one another right every day. You know, and, and they, we just had another one yesterday in some mall, and I can't remember what what where South Carolina or something. Um, and then, uh, so I mean, we're getting it's amazing. Like this is uh, we've never had. More hopelessness, more violence reported. Uh, it's just amazing uh, that we've had in the last year or two uh, under under Donald Trump, and it's been a frightening. And the, and the Republican Congress, there's just been a, a frightening um, metaphysical adjustment to our political nature. I mean, we're being taken over by um, you know a, a dictator and uh, a cruel son of a bitch. And that's why I started this show today with uh, with that uh, tribute to Donald Trump. <laughs> that's the true story, by the way. It is. It is. It was meant for Donald Trump. Uh, he wrote it about him, and he got another one about his father, who was a KKK member and taught Trump how to hate. You know, and uh, so I, I think it's important uh, today that in 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 the few essays that I want to read. Um, or I, mean, I say sermons. Uh, I, I mean that in a um, not in such a lofty way, but I mean in more of a. Um, not, well, let me explain before I get to rabble on too much. But let me explain the premise of this uh, program and this series that I'm going to do. And I don't know how many uh, programs will be in this particular series. 
thinking like possibly 12 or uh, 12 or, or 13 um, to do a, you know, or even 12, probably even a dozen. And then we'll move on to another uh, area of uh, uh, philosophy and, and esoteric uh, thinking and, and the emerging of the, by art with uh, philosoph- philosophical blends uh, of conversation and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, um, find hope, you know, uh, with some of these great masters uh, like uh, Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And, um, uh, is, I don't know, there's just so many that uh, come to mind. But I, I definitely, through my life, has featured uh, Ralph, uh, Ralph Emerson. I read him uh, religiously, you know, basically, because his words spoke to me so much. And I'd like to present that to you um, also, because he was very outspoken on racism and uh, other issues that, uh, that of the time when he wrote, which was about 150 years ago now. Um, he had a, he, his works had a major influence on the migration west. Okay, uh, go west, young man. You know uh, that. But one of the they everyone um, Emerson was a very popular philosopher uh, of that time of that generation, and uh, his words spoke to many people and broke through many barriers of of uh, beliefs. And uh, religions. He he was a trained divinity, uh, uh, and uh, and, uh, and became a uh, a Calvinist. He was a Calvinist uh, a preacher. He learned to uh, learned the profession, and he you know wrote sermons and uh, for. But he never. But he gave up. He was kind of. He was very disappointed with the church because he didn't feel like it. It really covered the truth, uh, predestination, and you know this kind of stuff. But not just that; it, it it was so restrictive as to his beliefs, that in, and he dabbled much greatly in uh, in uh, Eastern thought. Uh, he uh, uh, look at Veda. Uh, he uh, he, um, the, he had he had a great deal of uh, Eastern um, um, blend, all right, of of philosophy with an un- unusual. Uh, New England, and, and and I guess what it is, I've lived in New England my whole life, and uh, uh, it's been uh, it's been a very pleasant experience, and I one that I could I could identify with uh, in Emerson's writing because he lived in Massachusetts, and um, you know it was uh, 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 very similar, you know, very similar kind of uh, existence, you know. Uh, as a line, and as, as far as a writer, uh, as far as a, a speaker, and, um, but uh, in doing uh, he, if he he would have been a broadcaster, I'm sure, at a at the radio been invented at the time. But um, I think he would have been overwhelmed by the technology of our times. But uh, more more than that, um, I believe it's important for us to. Um, uh, as a society, to understand uh, what we're dealing with here, you know, and uh, Paul uh, uh, epistles. Uh, I'm not one that uh, quotes dates and times and uh, of 
the Bible, but I do uh, recall the uh, very, very famous uh, statement that Paul uh, stated and said that the world operates in principalities. You know, we have to understand there is bad and there is good. There is light and there is dark, you know, and those principalities exist, and that's what we're fighting with. Uh, some suggest that Paul was the uh, um, the guide, the Pleiadian guide, you know, to understanding. But as I as I got older and studied philosophy and religion and so on, and uh, early on I was uh, many years ago I was uh, meditating, and uh, a spirit guide my sound voice came to my mind came to me and uh, it was very odd and he had a message he called himself Hilaron now I did not know and I'll attest to this to God that I did not know the name was associated with Paul of Tarsus I I did not know that okay at the time I had no way really of knowing it you know there weren't any computers back then you had to be very much involved with with spiritual uh uh, channeling and so on, um, but uh, and I didn't really get into that so much until I met George Dixon and Maria Fix Algeria, who were you know you know uh, very much into that and gave lectures and are practicing psychics and uh, George unfortunately passed away back in 2012, but I did a number of programs with him and some of you listening may remember and some of you have gone back into our archives and, and listened to them. Um, I do have it uh, highlighted, uh, you know, Friday night with George Dixon on my header menu on my website, lasteelshow.org. But uh, more, more so, what I wanted to explain tonight, uh, I, uh, it's, it's, uh, um, uh, I have it scheduled from ten uh, to possibly uh, eleven o'clock, which I'm hoping will will be the normal time. Uh, for this program uh, every week, but um, uh, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is is uh, I wanted to explain what the premise of the sermon series was, um, based on the problems we're having today. I've centered these around. Uh, I've centered my my uh, essays. And those of others, okay, great philosophers that I'll be reading, um, possibly not tonight, but I, I will be reading them regularly. And those of you who might be familiar with my other work, uh, I have a number of uh, uh, narrations, okay, of different uh, volumes of different books and authors that I've uh, I've read. And in fact, I have several on Emerson. Please also go to. Um, the, uh, I want to announce my uh, YouTube website. Um, which is called L.A. Steel Show. Uh, and uh, you can see there about uh, 40, right now about 45 different uh, programs, some documentaries, some uh, several documentaries, and several um, um, uh, regular, many regular shows uh, different, on different topics, everything, you know, all, all types of things, political, uh, uh, musical. Uh, I feature a number of uh, different uh uh, performances from uh, 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 peace rallies and uh, uh, festivals, um, and of uh, quite well-known uh, artists. 
but uh, if it, but I guess what I'm trying to do tonight is, in a sermonic way, <laughs> uh, announce my announce the opening of a new LA Stool show, uh, uh, but basing it on metaphysics in the, the highest sense, uh, metaf- metaphysical notion. Uh, as I said, it deals with channeling. It deals with um, uh, it'll deal with uh, possibly. Uh, um, uh, statements from uh, different uh, uh, sources, uh, different um, uh, spiritual associations, which uh, which I'll introduce to you. Um, but I, I think uh, I, it's it's going to be a wild ride, and that's why I opened it with the Trump thing. And I wanted to read something about this because perhaps the most glaring. Um, Frightening, uh, apocalyptic uh, uh, concern that I have. Okay, and I'm sure most people have one way or the other. Uh, either they hate racism or they are racist. You know what I mean? That's the, that. Those are the principalities that, are, that that we're dealing with. You know, either you hate racism, despise it, okay, and want to rid the country and the world of it, or you 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 embrace it as a religion, you know, and uh, I'm white and right, you know, and uh, you know, screw everybody else, and uh, you know, you know, it's a religious war now, you know, it's not, it's it's come to a religious war, and I want to read um, an essay to you tonight uh, that I wrote, um, and it's uh, and it's entitled. Um, Second is entitled Donald Trump. Uh, one second here, folks. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. It's called Racism is a Major Religion in America, and Donald Trump is its high priest. And if you go to my website and look that one up, um, racism is a major religion in America. Uh, as a little search panel there, you can go to. Um, I just I, I I wrote this back in February. Actually, it's on February sixteenth, uh, two thousand eighteen of this year. And it was right after there were so many frightening racial uh, things that were being said by Donald Trump and being promoted by in his rallies and you know all kinds of things that it 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 it, it ignited hate around the country and i was trying to explain earlier and i sorry i, I might have rambled there but um i'm doing this without a script as you can probably tell but i have organized this show so please bear with me uh, and I haven't done the show for, uh, and I apologize. Well, I probably shouldn't apologize because I had to restructure everything. I had to restructure my my own attitude uh, toward uh, creating this program because I wanted, I always wanted this program to be a message to people. And I get, I, and I, I have to be, I have to admit, I'm so pleased that I, uh, I that every I see people coming back, even though I haven't done a a, a show. For several months, I see people coming and coming and visiting my site, and coming to these programs and listening to the archives, and I I so appreciate that. 
because what I'm trying to do and what I have done uh, my whole twenty last twenty years in broadcasting is to be a broadcast activist. Okay, I, I wanted to uh, bring forward things that are and people and um, intellectual works, authors, writers, you know, the, uh, singers, dance uh, poets, um, and and bring it all together in a in an outpouring of uh, um, the outpouring presentation where somebody will you know. Uh, react in some way to to what I read or what I write and uh, create. But well, I'm dragging again. But I want to read this because this this uh, is quite quite frightening. I thought, and uh, this is opinion, by the way. Of course, it's you know, but uh, but it's an observation. Uh, it deals with the metaphysics of hate. Okay, the metaphysics meaning the um, Beyond physics, uh, beyond uh, um, anything that can be, be explained physically, it's beyond that. That's what metaphysics is. It's spiritual, and you have to, uh, ex- you know, tap into that um, that level. And also, it's politics. You know, you're you're dealing with somebody who's in power uh, and uh, is is destroying the country. Let me uh, let me begin again. Um, the name of this uh, essay is "Racism is a Major Religion in America, and Donald Trump is its High Priest." And uh, if you go to my website and see that, you'll see a, a, a very uh, a, a unique picture of uh, of a tower. And a man standing on top of the tower. It's like like Trump Tower, you know. And it's so bizarre. But when I found it in an ancient, in an older book, um, and uh, I wish you'd take a look at it. It's quite profound and uh, relevant to this article. Racism in America has become rampant since Donald Trump was elected. His duplicious victory was realized because Hillary and the Democrats were exposed for the crooks and cronies they really are and have not changed enough to convince the American people to trust them again. A third party must be established either by lawful or revolutionary means. The sale of our government to the corporations to corporations has turned our elected officials into corporate whores on their knees with their hands out begging for a financial donation to keep them in office. What makes our government so incompetent and corrupt is that both political parties are unable to honor the people they serve by doing what they promised or what is honest and good in nature, rather than cold, cruel, and corrupt. American voters and voters from every country deserve the right to choose their leaders. The corporate monopoly over American politics is what has crippled our country and punished so many Americans with hunger, homelessness, unemployment, medical needs, and complete hopelessness. The opioid pandemic and hopeless depression are killing thousands of Americans every week from overdoses and murders and suicide by guns. The anger coming from the white supremacist movement is created by people like Donald Trump. People who cannot tolerate the concept that they are born equal to every 
everyone and with opportunity and education, all can be successful because we share equally in the pride of being an American. I have always been grateful that I was born in the United States. Few countries like the U.S. have had a democratic form of government for over 250 years with such a mixed racial population. I am glad to be alive today to benefit from the millions of sacrifices made by our ancestors to keep the United States safe and industrious and leader of the free world. We cannot maintain our national safety and leadership in a world by retreating into our primitive racial cultural paranoia where gangs, tribes, and nationalities threaten each other with genocide. Genocide of non of all non white races are the global are the goal of the racist political right. White races have hijacked Jesus Christ to wave or burn as a cross their hatred of non white humanity. Donald Trump sparked the fire of racist rage in the people who were most forgotten. Nobody knew how many cloistered racist communities existed in the United States. Trump initial Trump's initial appeal to voters was his uh, promise to aid the most depressed or the, mo- the most depressed and forsaken members of our society. The poor white male and female who have been deprived and beat and um, and beaten, lied to and forgotten by their elect by their elected local, state and federal governments. They believed that Donald Trump would help them. But they never believed that Donald Trump really hated them until he ground their heads into the dirt with his feet, stripping away every social safety net and creating a genocide against them. His directing hate towards the racial and national differences in our population caused chaos and gave strength to the alt-right, alt-white movement. Racism is a popular method of mass mind control. Trump learned this by his intensive study of um, Hitler and the Nazis. His father was a known uh, member of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, and his wife, uh, Ivana, um, stated in her book and interviews that he kept, and I I put this in quotes, he kept Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, on his nightstand. This week, Trump said, he wanted to have a big military parade to show off our might to the world. This is the exact same mind control technique, or tactic rather, uh, used by Hitler and all autocrats since Julius Caesar um, to show strength and leadership with national loyalty. This Trump, this parade Trump asked for is for the same reason all dictators want them. Trump's religion is racism. Hatred for humanity, soullessness, greed, and vanity. His ministry of hate must be stopped by a tidal wave of national compassion for its helpless, homeless, poor, and sick who voted for Trump because he was the only presidential candidate that promised he would remember them and fix the broken government if they elected him. Trump's campaign sparked the flames of smoldering national white racial supremacy. Steve Bannon was the architect of alt-right and the racial radicalization of poor white people. These same American white voters 
are so blinded by their hate and confusion of their own lives, they must turn the blame away from themselves and reflect it onto all non-white races in every nation in the world. Racial hatred is in all DNA. Regardless what nationality or race we are, we are all vulnerable to discrimination. Hatred and genocide from other races, religions, or nations. Our world's survival depends on the wisdom and compassion of its human inhabitants. Mankind has been given the stewardship of the earth and has done a poor job of administering it. Donald Trump's administration has failed the American people by its irresponsible stewardship of our government and must be corrected and stopped before the harm it creates to all Americans is irreversible. And I, uh, I believe you will, as we cruise through the um, recent um, headlines, you may be interested to to feel to um, um, it. It should be interesting for you to, um, I hope, uh, to to understand what I've seen in my studies recently and in the last few years. I did want to mention, though, that um, um, I did want to mention that the undermining um, force, okay, that seems to be um, uh, cementing the the, the uh, strands of insanity together uh, for this for the white racist um, community out there that is just overwhelming the country with hate. Uh, again, we have uh, we've had over 300 uh, mass shootings, uh, well over 300 now, but I think about 320, 325, 325 mass shootings since the beginning of, of this year. Uh, and it's only, in no, it's only the end of November. Uh, and there were just two more recent shoot, shootings uh, yesterday and the day before. Um, in different malls and places. But what I'm trying to get at is we are facing a a, a calamity of uh, desperation, anger, frustration, hatred for one another, uh, you know, because many, 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 most of these uh, are found out to be all Trump supporters, honestly, Trump supporting uh, white racist uh, uh, people that are terrorists. 80% of these, and possibly more now, of all of those bomb threats and uh, shootings and murders uh, were caused by white terrorists, white nationalist terrorists. And this is exactly what happened during the um, Hitlerian, uh, Hitlerian, yeah, the Hitler years, where he created uh, uh, these brown shirts, okay, that went around and beat everybody up, and they're white racist, radical crazies. Right, uh, skinheads. You know they call themselves. They then, uh, they now they call themselves skinheads. You know where they, you know they're the ones at these rallies. You know, but uh, you know what makes me laugh is these skinheads have been have been terrorizing communities in this country for years, um, uh, centuries. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden the liberals have a, a antifa 
coming around and to, to fight these kind of guys, okay, and, 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 maybe, and maybe do some damage. All of a sudden, these skinheads are going, whoa, wait a minute, oh, man, oh, maybe we're going to have to run, run, run. And they're throwing them in jail now, too. I mean, that, uh, Proud Boys and that kind of stuff. So what I want to do with, with this program so much is to focus on where the hatred is coming from, understand that hatred and how to overcome it. And if need be, we may have to fight it. And I have articles that I, I will read about that, and hopefully I can get to them today. Um, but uh, arming the left and uh, so on. I wanted to say that uh, the reason I, uh, the the name of this program, all right, is uh, um, you know is, uh, sermons, you know, from the left, you know, the uh, and I and I've always been described as a liberal. I've always described myself as a liberal. And I don't mean, uh, uh, you know, insane liberal. I mean, to a person of moderate to progressive, you know, views. And I and I, I don't like, uh, and I found that uh, conservatism and the Republican Party and Trump and so on, these people are so adverse to anything, anything that I believe in, all right, that I've set out to try to expose my understanding of it as well as what I see as an observation, but in the most uh, declarative and most uh, honest uh, impression of what I see, uh, what is causing this hatred, what's creating more and more anger and violence and so on, and what will split, and that's Trump's... uh, Desire. That's his goal: is to split this whole country, which is basically what the Russians wanted to do, uh, have been doing, and are successfully doing now through Trump. Uh, Trump owes his soul to the Russians and to the Saudis, and who the hell else knows? Every other country in the world, bro. Um, but um, you know, my goal is to is to in this is to show the difference between right and wrong. Okay. And we should move toward the right calling. I mean, the the right nationalistically. I mean, what is right, what is good, what is fair, what is honest, what is truthful. You know, what is God? You know, the the greatest gift of God, which is our minds and our souls. So, uh, I'm not an atheist. Uh, never was. Uh, well, maybe for a very short time after my youngest brother passed away, but uh, I—it took me quite a while to get over that. But I was—I was a young man. I was only like uh, I was 20 or 21 years old when that happened, and he was uh, 14. So it was he drowned, you know, and uh, bad, bad accident. Uh, but anyway, I—I I, I reflect. Um, I wanted to. Uh, I just want to read this next article. It's called "White Christian Nationalism Is the False Face of American Racism." Right? And I know some will be offended if you're uh, whatever, but you know that the idea is to offend or not offend. The idea is to get the, the uh, thing out. But if you identify the truth of what it really is, or what something really is, then and you uh, understand. You know, and I have a, a, a free-waving flag um, picture that I uh, I created for this, you know, that I had done 
uh, from a photograph, enhanced a photograph, and it and it goes along with this patriotic, um, but uh, critical. Um, basically uh indictment you know of this of what this is you know where where it is where it's from it's really quite intense and i uh, i'll try to get through this today because um the white christian nationalism is the false flag of american racism in my book naked at the mic the survival of the liberal in a time of peril uh, which I published in 2010, which you can see, you still see on Amazon and I, on that uh, on this site, uh, that, the link to Amazon, in my book. I devoted a chapter regarding the hijacking of Christianity by white Christian nationalists who believe they are the sole protectors of the Christian faith when they have no Christian compassion or even a realistic understanding of the words of Jesus. I am reprinting um, chapter 7 of this book here because what I said seven years ago holds true today when I wrote, well, that's when I wrote this book. Um, even more so. And the blatant racism and arrogance of white Christian nationalists representing themselves as Nazis, alt-right, and torch-bearing, uh, carrying KKK members even Trump is one of them. His father was a known KKK member and was arrested in, K in, in a KKK demonstration in New York during the 1930s. Naked at the Mic, Strive Liberal in Time of Peril, Chapter 7. Jesus was a liberal. The radical or liberal individual is a man or woman who pursues an inner voice or follows a different drummer. However, this state of mind always invites conflict, controversy, or confrontation. It's part of the package. A radical is like a fish swimming upstream against the current toward his destiny. He doesn't really know why he has to do it. He just has to do it. His instincts and convictions are him fight or his fight, uh, make him fight the current. When he perceives something to be terribly wrong, he is not able to keep quiet or let it happen and continue on without a fight. Jesus was a man of peace, compassion, love, and wisdom. Jesus loved mankind. He healed the sick, comforted the poor, believed and spoke of divine justice and divine love. He spoke of the perfection of the Spirit, communion with their Creator, and the potential to understand and obtain the promise of the Creator, Father, that all who believed in the Father would be given joy and happiness on earth and after life as well. From biblical times to the present, the profound and radical teachings of Jesus have created revolutionary fire within the hearts and souls of men and women. Every day people pray and give of themselves to others in an attempt to follow in their noble steps of the great prophet. Though Jesus stated he was not divine, he stated that no man or God could come before the one and only God, his Father, our Father, and the Father of mankind. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and God what is God's. 
The biggest misdirection that the conservative Christian right has used to create advantage to great advantage is their self righteous claim to high moral values as validated by their literal misinterpretation of the Bible. How dare we attack the word of God, they say. Today moralistic conservatives uh forget that the words they consider sacred are not necessarily the words of God, but the multiple translations and often mistranslated words of men and have deliberately edited, uh, eliminated, uh, misinterpreted, or manufactured the words of God's prophets. God, according to biblical scholars, never personally wrote anything down. He never, according to the Bible, instructed anyone except Moses to write down the Ten Commandments, which Moses later shattered in anger at the Israelites once he descended the mountain after many days of communicating with God through a burning bush. The James King James Version of the Bible was interpreted by Sir Francis Bacon and other known Masons. Bacon was the founder of the Rosicrucians. King James was considered during that time by many Christians to be a pervert and a known believer in paganism. The King James Bible was considered by many people of that time to be a deliberate misinterpretation of the ancient text promoted by the English king to to confuse the English-speaking world about its true content. The first Puritans carried with them the Geneva Bible not the King James Bible. David Bay, the founder of Cutting Edge Ministries and CuttingEdge.org, created a fascinating documentary entitled The Secret Mysteries of America's Beginnings. He also um, he is also one of the few individuals in the world that has a printed copy of the original King James Bible and an illustrated discussion, an illuminating discussion with David Bay. He stated on my show that the original uh, edition of the King James Bible was decorated with pagan symbols, uh, illustrations of pagan gods and goddesses, dragons and mythological demons, and symbols symbols, uh, were uh, prominently displayed on the cover and throughout the book. The original texts were transcribed and translated by the early Catholic Church, and the collections of works was edited, sorted, and translated from an ancient Arabic into Latin, supposedly by French monk Saint Jerome in a monastery in France. The Catholic text was first printed in Germany in 1455. This first printing made the Bible available to scholars and to the public for the first time. The revolutionary publication, as well as Martin Luther's protests, unleashed the Protestant Reformation. Religion, religious scholars are well aware that the New Testament was not written or recorded by Jesus. Immediate disciples, but in all instances, they're transcribed from 50 to 75 years after the death of Jesus and many years after the death of his disciples. The stories of Jesus were passed down orally by his followers and memorized for fear that written mentions of Jesus and the original disciples, if found in the possession of early Christians, would be too dangerous. Because both the Romans and Jews continued to persecute the early Christians for three centuries after the death of Christ. The greatest story ever told is not the story of the life and death of Jesus, 
but the story told by the conservative Christian right regarding the moral mandates uh, they try to impose on the American people and the rest of the world using the authority of the Judeo Christian Bible. This is not to say that any or all of the Christian and Judaic Bibles are false fabricated, but it does give a learned and open minded person pause to think for a moment about many other authenticated texts of all other world religions. The words of Abraham were not written by Abraham. The Quran was not written by Muhammad, and the teachings of Jesus were not written by Jesus, nor were the lessons of Socrates written by Socrates. All that is known of these men are transcribed and, and described by their followers, students and disciples. If a disciple decides to deify his or her teacher, or wishes to create his own following or cult, he will create a godly or divine connection to his master in glorious tales. The wisdom and truth bestowed on these inspired writings of parables or direct dialogue and teachings of the masters are considered the mark of authenticity bestowed upon these works. The authenticity of human and divine wisdom and prophecy are woven through all sacred texts, and they are honored and revered by each follower of their religion as the word of God. Um, a remarkable book entitled Secret Scriptures, written by Dr. Kasim Khalil, published by Knowledge House uh, Publishers, has brought to the public attention the censored scriptures of one of Jesus' most devoted disciples, Barnabas. The scriptures of Barnabas were hidden since the 5th century by the Catholic Church in the Pope's private diary, a library. Rather. Barnabas was the only disciple who was verified to have lived during the time of Jesus and was instructed by Jesus to be his scribe and record his teachings. The, the scriptures of Barnabas described a completely different Jesus than what does the New Testament, which was revised and edited uh, numerous times by the Catholic Church and others. Barnabas describes Jesus as a man, not as a god, and states that Jesus often reprimanded all of his disciples for claiming him as divine. The teaching and life of Jesus, according to the scriptures of Barnabas, are extremely radical for their time. Nothing about Jesus describes him as conservative or reactionary. Jesus was, in fact, an extreme social and religious radical, and his life and works created a 2,000-year worldwide revolution that caused the eventual destruction of the Roman Empire and spread the Christian religion to every country and continent. The spiritual and social ideals of conservative and reactionary ideologues are diametrically opposed to the true teachings of Jesus. Jesus was a liberal. All men and women of conscience are radicals. Jesus was a radical. Moses was a radical. Buddha was a radical. Muhammad was a radical. Martin Luther was a radical. Martin Luther King Jr. was a radical. Mahatma Gandhi was a radical. Every progressive moral leader has been, in his time, a radical. Every fundamentalist of any religion in his reactionary is a, is a reactionary. Anyone who believes that any sacred text is the absolute truth as it is written is misguided and deliberately denying the truth of biblical, political, and revisionist history. Anyone of institution or institution that uses methods of violence, 
guilt, sanctions, mandated ignorance uh, or malice, or inflicts mental and physical wounds, or impresses another to accept his will or faith over that, over their own, commits a crime against all humanity. Um, my the second part of this essay is uh, um, I submit a copy of the Jesuit Extreme Oath of Induction as an example for the horrifying past, the ongoing practices of the Roman Catholic Church to pervert the truth of Jesus' teachings and prevent them from ever being disclosed. The following text was obtained was obtained rather from the European Institute of Protestant Studies website. All right, um, this is the entire oath, and it's very frightening, very very frightening. And I want you to refer. I'm not going to read it tonight on the air because it's just very long and very very frightening actually. But um, let me just go into it to describe to you what's what it is but then you can please go to my website and look up white christian nationalism all right uh in a search engine there uh in the search uh, um, searching part and um uh, you will read this essay but you can read or or you don't even have to read this essay you can go to um look up the jesuit oath okay all right, the Jesuit oath. Oh, that's, uh, the Je- oh, actually, the following is a text to of the Jesuit extreme oath of induction. Okay, Jesuit extreme oath of induction. This is essentially pledging the the a Jesuit pledges his soul to Satan. Okay, it's a you know. He would that uh, in other words, you would give your soul to Satan in order to to. Uh, um, guarantee the uh, the Catholic Church. Crazy sons of bitches. I mean, they, they're, they're crazy. But, you know, this is what they do. It's making a deal with the devil to to establish the, the Roman uh, Catholic uh, Empire, you know, basically. So after 300 years, they were able to convince Christians, okay, uh, after they slaughtered so many of them in the arenas or just tortured and killed them, um, um, and the, the thing I wanted to mention, uh, the Jesuit oath uh, is really frightening. Please look it up. You can look it up in Google. Uh, just put in the Jesuit oath. It's uh, quite quite a lengthy oath, but it's one that they. Uh... Let me let me just begin this. Okay, uh, just just introduce it to you. probably the best that I do. This is the um, Jesuit extreme oath of induction. As recorded in the journals of the 62nd Congress, third session of the United States Congressional Record, House Calendar Number 397, Report Number 1523, February 15th, 1913. Okay, pages 3215 to 3216. This was actually entered into um, 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 a hearing. Okay, back then. To, to understand um, the, uh, the 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 uh, treachery, you know, of the Jesuits 
and in their own oath to their to people that are are becoming Jesuit priests. It's frightening. It's called. Um, the following is a text of the Jesuit Extreme Oath of Induction, as recorded in the journals of the 62nd Congress, Third Session of the United States Records. Uh, uh, and I just went through that, uh, but from which it was subsequently torn out. The oath is also quoted by Charles Didier in his book Sub- Subterranean Rome, uh, which uh, was published in uh, New York in 1843. And it was translated from the French original, Dr. Alberto Rivera, who escaped from the Jesuit order in 1967. He confirms that the induction ceremony and the text of the Jesuit oath, which he took there, uh, were identical to what uh, we have cited below. Now, this is this is the beginning. When a Jesuit of the minor rank is to be elevated to command, he is conducted into a chapel of the convent of the order, where there are only three other priests. The uh, principle of um, superior standing in front of the altar. On either side stands a monk, one of whom holds a banner or yellow and white of yellow and white which are the papal colors. The other, a black banner with a dagger and red cross uh, above a skull and crossbones and the word I-N-R-I and below them the words Aistum uh, Nectar Regis Impious. That's Latin, obviously. But the meaning of which is it is just to exterminate or annihilate impious or heretical kings governments or rulers what their job is to it was to uh kill and destroy governments that would not uh accept uh, uh, catholicism okay as their country's uh religion upon the floor is a red cross at which the postulate and candidate kneels the superior hands him a small black crucifix which he takes in his left hand and presses to his heart, and the superior at the same time uh, presents to him a dagger, which he grasps at the blade and holds the point against the heart, the superior still holding it by the hilt, and thus addresses the postulant. The superior speaks and says, My son, heretofore you have have been taught to act the, uh, the dissembler, among Roman Catholics, to be a Roman Catholic, and to be a spy even upon your own brethren, to believe no man, to trust no man. Among the Reformers, to be a Reformer. Among the Huguenots, to be a Huguenot. And among the Calvinists, to be a Calvinist. Amongst other Protestants, generally to be a Protestant, and obtaining their confidence, to seek even to preach from their pulpits, and to denounce with all the vehemence in your nature our holy religion and the Pope and even to descend so low as to become a Jew among Jews, that you might be enabled to gather together all information to the benefit of your order as a faithful soldier of the Pope. You have been taught to plant insidiously the seeds of jealousy and hatred between communities, provinces, states, and were at peace, and you incite them to, to deeds of blood, 
involving them in war with each other and to create revolutions and civil wars in countries that were dependent, independent, and prosperous, cultivating the arts and the sciences and enjoying the blessings of peace, to take sides with their combatants and to act sacredly uh, with your uh, brother Jesuit, who might be engaged on the other side, but openly opposed to that with which you might be connected, only that the church might be the gainer in the end. In the conditions fixed in the treaties of peace and that the end justifies the means, you have been taught your duty as a spy to gather all statistics, facts, and information in your power from every source, to ingratiate yourself to the confidence of the family circle of Protestants and heretics of every class and character, as well as that of the merchant, the banker, the lawyer, among the schools and universities and parliaments and the legislatures and the judiciaries and councils of state, and to be all things to all men for the Pope's sake, those servants we are unto death. <coughs> have You have received all your instructions heretofore as a novice, a neophyte, and have served as co-adjudicator uh, a juror, confessor, and priest, but you have not yet been invested with all that is necessary to command the army of Loyola to the service of the Pope. You must serve the proper time as the instrument and executioner as directed by your superiors, for none can command here who uh, has not consecrated his labors with the blood of the heretic <clears throat> or without the shedding of blood no man can be saved. Therefore, to fit yourself for your work and make your own salvation sure, you will, in addition to your former oath of obedience to, the, to your order and allegiance to the Pope, repeat after me. This is really frightening, guys. Uh, this is what, I mean, I, when, when, when you think that this is uh, the oath that um, St. Francis took, Okay, Saint Francis, the Saint Francis, yeah, <laughs> Pope Francis. Okay, uh, the Pope, all right, that we have now uh, in 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 the Vatican was a Jesuit. Is a Jesuit priest. He's the first Jesuit to be uh, elected as a Pope. Okay, the first Jesuit. Now listen to what the Jesuit oath is. Now you heard what the superior said to them before they took it. Now this is the oath that actually you know this is this is long, and of course they take it and they read it and they know and it's long because they it sells their soul. Yeah. So without going, <laughs> so you can understand that, but I, without going too much into detail, I'll read part of it. Because it's very long. The text of the oath. So, this is the guy. Uh, this is what uh, Saint Francis, when he was given his uh, uh, badge, you know, of Jesuit, uh, being one of the brothers there, uh, he said this. He had to take this oath. I, Francis. Now in the presence of Almighty God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Blessed St. John the Baptist, the Holy Apostles, St. Peter and St. Paul and all the saints, sacred hosts of heaven, and to you, 
my ghostly father, the superior general of the Society of Jesus, founded by St. Ignatius Loyola, and the pontification of Paul III, they uh, continued to be present. Uh, do by the womb of the Virgin, the matrix of God, and the rod of Jesus Christ, declare and swear that His Holiness the Pope is Christ's vice regent and is the true and only head of the Catholic or Universal Church throughout the earth, and that by the virtues of the keys of binding and loosening, loosening given, given to His Holiness by His Savior Jesus Christ, uh, He hath power to dispose heretical kings princes, states, commonwealths, and governments. Ah, imagine that. And they may be safely destroyed. It's amazing. I mean, he's given him the right to, the Pope has the right to kill everybody to turn them into uh, 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 Catholics, you know. Therefore, to the utmost of my power, I will defend the doctrine of His Holiness, right and custom against all usurpers of the hysterical or Protestant, or heretical, rather, <laughs> heretical or Protestant authority, whatever, especially the Lutheran Church of Germany, Holland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway, and now pretend authority the churches of England and Scotland, and the branches of the same now established in Ireland and on the continent of America, and elsewhere in all adherence in regard that they be usurped and heretical opposing the sacred mother church of Rome I do now denounce and disown all allegiance as due to any heretical king prince or state uh, named Protestant or liberal or obedience to any of their laws majesty in other words they're above the law they're above everybody's law except you know the pope you know and I mean, it's it's just incredible what they do, and it's, there's a thousand more words to this to this uh, uh, thing. But <clears throat> if you want to read it all, please uh, Google up uh, um, the uh, um, the Jesuit oath, you know, uh, extreme oath, and uh, you'll be absolutely amazed. And so, um, as I end this program tonight, I, I wanted to. Emphasize, emphasize, as I say, the, the the growing hatred that's in the world and the growing uh, discord in all of all of every country now on national between nationalism and and knowing that these people, this there is a there is an order, a famous order, teaching students in different universities, Georgetown being one of them. Uh, Fairfield University being another, uh, a lot of them, famous uh, Jesuit uh, 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 colleges, okay, that teach a certain uh, um, radicalism within their uh, being the law, being whatever, but um, being a loyal Catholic, you know, and a loyal Jesuit. It's really bizarre. I... um, I had a, uh, my uncle passed away, he was a, my father's brother, he was a, he was a priest, he was a Catholic priest, and, uh, uh, I had, had, uh, I couldn't, I could never grasp, you know, his, um, embracement of Catholic, we were a Catholic family, and, uh, but the, growing up, 
the Catholic is a bizarre uh, thing where you get go to communion and they, you know you go you get confirmed you know and then uh, uh, you know big ceremonies you know what I mean Easter Sundays and Sunday Mass and uh, Friday or Friday afternoon confessions uh, depending you know when if you went to school in a convent which I did. Uh, uh, convent. I mean, a prior, previous convent, a convent that was, um, you know, uh, a Catholic uh, elementary school, and uh, and then uh, high school was a public high school, but it was also a, a Catholic uh, dominated um, with a par- uh, what they call it, Maris priests. At that. So. We were in a small town, uh, in a, and we had about 600 students, which was back in the day when there were a lot of baby boomers like me. But uh, they were taught by lay people, but also by but mostly Catholic lay people and uh, teachers, rather, and uh, and priests. So my uh, my my upbringing became uh, very. Uh, immersed in that culture and in that religion until I started to grow older and got into my teens and started to understand the hypocrisy centered around these, this religion and then the um, then later, you know, the uh, when I was about 18 19, I totally rebelled against it and uh, you know, became I got married young and I uh, she was Catholic as well but we both were averse to um, Catholicism, uh, and uh, we we didn't marry under the Catholic Church. Uh, we weren't allowed to actually because we were uh, we had lived together or we were living together before marriage. So they just allowed that they wouldn't uh, marry us. Well, telling that to my family it was it was a little rough. And my sainted grandmother, who I loved dearly. Uh, to her, it was like an abomination that the church wouldn't take us, wouldn't marry us. To her, it was like not being married, you know, which we weren't, but we wanted to make it legal. And uh, but but what, what was interesting about that was the she found through one of her cousins <laughs> a Jesuit priest who had performed the ceremony. Okay, well, this was back a number of years ago, but. To me, you know, I mean, why why would I do that? You know, this here's my grandmother who hated my mustache and beard, all right. But uh, you know, you top that, you know, clean up without the beard. Uh, but it turned out this Jesuit priest that was her aunt cousin, he had a mustache, <laughs> and she said, "Do you see? He's like you. He has a mustache." And she was very French and uh, very funny, uh, but. Uh, that that really really blew her apart, but I uh, and but it made me uh, see the the church for what it was, and when I saw my uncle later, uh, in his, he was about fifty when he uh, probably when he joined the uh, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, went to the seminary, and he was a teacher and that stuff. But he you know he was a he never got married and you know he was I believe he was homosexual. I always thought he was. But uh, but he went into this into uh, got in and uh, the Catholic priest and yeah uh, and so on and so forth. But the subservience that they pay to the to their I mean the humble whatever 
the ceremony to to see him get uh um I forgot the name of it uh in, inducted <laughs> inducted yeah, into the into the priesthood was quite quite revealing and quite uh quite frightening to watch uh my family is, and uh i never unbelievable you know they they bow they they fall flat on their face uh in prostate to uh to uh kissing a guy's feet you know the 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 bishop's feet basically it's like you know a devoted worship to to christ and actually it's devoted to the church to keep the church alive and to propagate the the propaganda and the bullshit and molest kids and whatever else they're hiding, right? and the homosexuality that was very that's very rampant in the church. So, um, I I think it's important to uh, know as much about the good uh, that people preach in comparison to the good that Christ preached and all the all the, the two. Um, great men of thought and and prophets, you know, uh, inspired humans. They and these, this is not the way to operate. This is the way to uh, not. This is the way to war. This is the way to undermine the whole system and to take advantage of you know people that are are vulnerable. You know, to, to and. Uh, people desperate, which they are today. So when we see the growth of this right-wing cult, you know, and all this swelling of the churches of uh, evangelicals, you know, we see people desperately seeking, okay, uh, hope, faith, but they're seeking it. They're being, um, their their faith is being distorted into this uh, uh, superiority, you know, this. Uh, Antichrist uh, uh, philosophy, though, is being permeated as a priest as a as a as a Christ philosophy. There's a positive. It's not. It's a, it's just you know, send me money, send me money, you know, and uh, little pageant stars there, uh, you know, with phony wigs and uh, you know, uh, little dolls uh, skirts. Going out and preaching, and the big boys are singing hallelujah or whatever the hell it is. But it's it's like it's the phoniness of that, that that. that but it's the showmanship of that that keeps us keeps people uh, clinging to that that one hope that they're superior to others. You know that I'm white or I'm black or whatever that the the, the issue is. But. Uh, all I know is that people are people in every place, everywhere, and they all have basically the same emotions, uh, just different ways to express them. And uh, I hope that does it tonight. I, I, I went a little long, but being the first uh, uh, program, I hope I got to understand it. Uh, I got people to understand it and understand me and understand what I'm trying to do, and hopefully I'll come back, and hopefully I'll be able to produce more these programs um, uh, in the in the future through my series, and um, I wish everybody a good Sunday afternoon or morning, and uh, thank you for joining me. And whatever day you join me on, but uh, this was done on uh, uh, January twenty. Uh, sorry, November twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen, and 
the first show in the series. So have a pleasant Sunday. Have a pleasant week. Have a pleasant month. Uh, have a pleasant new year. And we'll be talking before then. Thank you. Um, um, yeah. So uh, good night, everybody. <laughs>